Jane Russell helps the children, says no to Howard Hughes's bra design, needs her sleep, and proves that church ladies can still be sassy and curse like sailors. It's all coming up next as I introduce our April Star of the Month, Jane Russell. I'm Shannon. Thank you for listening to the Vanguard of Hollywood podcast. Today, it's all about our April star of the month, Jane Russell. I've been a fan of Jane Russell's for quite some time, and I'm absolutely thrilled to write about Jane and watch her films this month. Jane Russell is probably the third classic Hollywood star I became enamored of, the first two being Doris Day and Marilyn Monroe. I'll be completely honest, when I saw my first Jane Russell film, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, nine-year-old me preferred the brunette in the film, Jane Russell, to the blonde, Marilyn Monroe. I was much more drawn to the brassy, sassy, smart, gorgeous Jane than the baby-talking, scheming, and equally gorgeous Marilyn. Now, I did take to the Marilyn persona by the end of the film, when she sang Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, and I grew to appreciate everything about Marilyn very quickly, but there was nothing about Jane Russell that was an acquired taste for me. I loved everything about Jane from the moment I first saw her on screen. Jane is probably best known for her gorgeous hourglass figure and sensual face, and her film roles more often than not capitalized on these assets above all else, but Jane Russell was so much more than a pretty face and sexy figure. And today, I'm going to tell you a few things about the multifaceted Jane Russell that may surprise you. And quick side note before we jump in, if you want to know even more about Jane, you must read her autobiography, My Path and My Detours. This book is a page turner. And as someone who reads several star autobiographies and biographies every month, I can also tell you that there are very few autobiographies where the personality of the star jumps off the page at you the way Jane's does in her fabulous book. You will not be disappointed with this entertaining read. All right, with that, let's get to Jane. First little known Jane Russell fact, she was religious. This is something you have to know about Jane right off the bat. Because of her sexy film persona, Jane's Christian faith was a shocking discovery for many fans during her Hollywood heyday, and it continues to surprise classic film buffs today. As Jane's faith was the center of her life, just about everything I'm about to discuss ties back to it. So whether you're religious or not, just enjoy Jane's refreshing steadfastness in her faith. My next Jane Russell fact for you, there was no romance with Howard Hughes. 19-year-old Jane Russell was discovered by millionaire Howard Hughes, and after a breathtaking screen test, Jane earned the female lead role in The Outlaw from 1943. The film would cement Jane's status as one of the most desirable women on screen. Despite his reputation for becoming romantically involved with all of the girls he put under contract, which Jane insists actually wasn't true, there was never a romance between Jane Russell and Howard Hughes. Jane always treasured their friendship and called Hughes an ideal boss, but romance was out of the question. In her autobiography, Jane says Howard never put the moves on her, at least in part because, quote, 
I often hollered at Howard, and I think that in a funny kind of way, I scared him. Now that tears down a few Hollywood myths, doesn't it? My next Jane Russell fact, it took two years for her first film to be released. After filming of The Outlaw completed in February of 1941, it still took an additional two years for the movie to be released. The reason? The Hayes office, Hollywood's self-appointed morality arbiter, found Jane's appearance, particularly her cleavage in the film, too sexy. The controversy over the outlaw's questionable morality only served to increase public interest in it, and the film enjoyed a short release in 1943 before being pulled from theaters for violating the Hayes office moral stipulations. When the outlaw was finally widely released in April of 1946, Despite not being that great of a film, it did exceptionally well at the box office. As Jane points out, Howard Hughes knew that people would die to see something they were told they couldn't, and it was this phenomenon that turned Jane Russell into a superstar. One of my favorite Jane Russell facts is that she was hilarious and cursed like a sailor. So if you thought that because Jane was a church lady, she was also prim, proper, and quaint, think again. Jane Russell is proof that being religious can be cool, and that you can still love Jesus even if you habitually curse up a storm. Jane could, in her own words, turn the air blue with my vocabulary. I think this fabulous quote from her autobiography perfectly demonstrates the refreshing combination of Jane's faith, vocabulary, and hilarious way with words. Quote, Satan is the father of all liars, and boy has he tried to hand me a bag full of lies. But when I listen to that still small voice, I drop that bag and run like hell. I just love that. Whether you're religious or not, you have to appreciate the humor and personality behind Jane's words. Another cool thing about Jane, she married a football legend. In 1943, Jane married Robert Waterfield, her high school sweetheart. Waterfield's football career is impressive, and while Jane's Hollywood career took off in the early 1940s, Robert became a star football player. He played quarterback for the Cleveland, then Los Angeles, Rams in the NFL from 1945 to 1952. Waterfield was named the NFL's most valuable player in 1945, and he was selected to be the first team All-Pro quarterback in 1945, 1946, and 1949. Waterfield was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1965, and as Jane appropriately puts it in her autobiography, Robert's many football accolades and accomplishments were like the Academy Awards of football. So. Movie star and star football player. Talk about a power couple, right? My next thing about Jane for you, she needed her sleep. Jane Russell needed her sleep more than most. And as she shares in her autobiography, if I'm very tired, I'll blow sky high. Those who know me will testify they'd rather meet a bear with a sore tail than me without nine hours of sleep. Bed is your friend, and that's where the Lord heals you, my mother always told us. All the Russells are sleepers. Now, Jane needed those precious nine hours so much that she even devised a schedule for her hair, makeup, and wardrobe crew that gained her an extra hour and a half of sleep each night. So, while the other actresses had to be on the RK a lot at 6.30 each morning, 
Jane could arrive at 8 a.m. and still make it to the set promptly by 9. Now that's a smart woman. Another little known fact about Jane Russell is that her abortion restored her faith. After the death of her father in 1937, 16-year-old Jane began to lose interest in attending church with her mother and four younger brothers. It wasn't until 1942, after a poorly executed abortion, that Jane once again became interested in religion. The abortion complications led to hospitalization and an infection Jane worried would take her life. It was during those long, painful days of recovery that Jane's faith was restored and she viewed her recovery as a gift from God. As she says in her autobiography, quote, No one but no one could ever tell me again that there wasn't a God and that I didn't need him, unquote. Religious or not, I think we all have our own powerful, life-changing experiences. And for Jane Russell, recovering from a near-fatal abortion complication set her on a path of faith she would follow for the rest of her life. Another thing about Jane, she sang. Jane Russell had a beautiful, jazzy singing voice. I absolutely love her deep, clear, yet slightly husky tone. Even though Jane sang in quite a few of her films, such as Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and Double Dynamite, in which she sang with Frank Sinatra no less, Jane's talent as a singer is not the first thing most film fans think of when they hear her name. Jane combined her singing talents and her faith when she and buddies Beryl Davis, Della Russell, and Connie Haynes recorded Do Lord for Coral Records in 1954. The song hit number 27 on the Billboard Singles Chart in May of 1954. The girls became some of the first performers to sing spirituals on a pop label, and the record sold 2 million copies. When I read about Do Lord and Jane's autobiography, I knew I had to track down a recording of it. Even better, I found a recorded performance of the girls from 1954, with the gorgeous Rhonda Fleming taking Della Russell's place, and they are phenomenal. I highly recommend taking a moment to watch and listen to these charismatic ladies. I've got the clip on my website. Just go to macronsandmimi.com and click on my Star of the Month Jane Russell post. You'll see the clip right in there. Here's another of my favorite things about Jane Russell. She founded WAIF. Jane and first husband Robert Waterfield were unable to conceive after her abortion, and eventually they adopted a total of three children. Jane loved motherhood and even dedicated her autobiography to her three children, Thomas, Tracy, and Buck, calling them her reason for living. I think that is so sweet. Through her own adoption experiences, particularly after the complications she experienced adopting her oldest son from Ireland, Jane learned how difficult the adoption process can be, despite the fact that there are so many children waiting to be loved and so many families waiting to love them. That's what led Jane to found the World Adoption International Fund, also known as WAIF, the Adoption Division of the International Social Service. Essentially, WAIF assisted in inter-country adoptions, bringing orphans from around the world into American homes. Without Jane Russell's passionate support, WAIF would never have gotten off the ground. Among other things, Jane was instrumental in getting the Orphan Adoption Amendment of the Special Migration Act of 1953 passed. With this amendment, children were permitted to come into the U.S. above the yearly quota if they were to be adopted. 
Jane took no credit for the WAIF chapters that sprung up around the United States or the countless orphan children WAIF successfully brought from all over the world and paired with American families. As she says in her autobiography, I've often been asked if I'm not proud of what I've done in WAIF. The answer is no. Grateful and amazed is more like it. The Lord gave me the idea and asked me to obey. I simply put one foot in front of the other and started knocking on doors. Now, classic Jane Russell to give such a humble response. Now, this is something you may have already known about Jane. She was the Playtex spokeswoman. In the 1970s, Jane Russell became a spokeswoman for the Playtex bras. Bras for us full-figured gals, as Jane says in her commercials. Her Playtex ads kept Jane financially secure long after she retired from filmmaking. And Playtex's 18-hour bra is still one of their best-selling products, thanks no doubt to their fabulous spokeswoman. And speaking of bras, Howard Hughes designed a bra for her. Hughes designed a unique bra for Jane to wear in her debut film, The Outlaw. The special contraption was meant to emphasize Jane's assets and not have noticeable straps or seams underneath her off-the-shoulder top. According to Jane, Howard decided it wouldn't be any harder to design a bra than it would be to design an airplane. He tried. When I went into the dressing room with my wardrobe girl and tried it on, I found it uncomfortable and ridiculous. Obviously, he wanted today's seamless bra, which didn't exist then. It was a good idea. As usual, he was way ahead of his time. But I never wore his bra, and believe me, he could design airplanes, but a Mr. Playtex, he wasn't. Sounds like quite the bra. Howard was a much better boss than he was bra designer, and Jane, a loyal employee of his for 21 years, signed three consecutive seven-year contracts with Hughes. A really admirable trait about Jane Russell is that she could separate her faith from her critics. After Howard Hughes's publicity campaign for The Outlaw, Jane quickly became world-renowned for her sex appeal. It seemed as if overnight Jane came under intense scrutiny and judgment, something which, as a movie star known for her gorgeous face and figure, she'd deal with for the rest of her life. Some were not so kind to Jane over the years. The Catholic Church threatened excommunication for any who saw the outlaw, and the press often had a field day using such puns as bosoms and Bibles when referring to Jane and her faith throughout her career. Even some of those friends Jane went to Bible study or church with could be cruel, gossiping that there was no way Jane could be a true Christian when she was so incredibly sexy on screen. But Jane had an amazing ability to separate her faith from her critics even if some of her worst critics were also people of faith. I love how Jane sums up the trouble people often had in reconciling her Christianity with her film persona. Quote, People were confused with me singing spirituals and reading the Bible. They had the image of the Hughes publicity and his arguments with the censors firmly planted in their minds, and not really knowing me at all, couldn't put the two pictures together. I just merrily went on my way doing what I liked and let the confusion lie where Jesus flung it." Unquote. Well said, Jane, well said. I can almost hear Jane saying this quintessentially Jane Russell mantra. It takes a really strong woman to not let the cruelty of others get under her skin, 
and Jane Russell was certainly a strong woman. I so admire Jane's ability to ignore what the haters said about her. Through it all, Jane continued practicing her faith and trusting in her belief that she was being guided in her decisions. And that wraps it up for my intro to our April star of the month, Jane Russell. Be sure to head on over to my website, macaronsandmimi.com, for delicious recipes and everything classic Hollywood. And join me next time on Vanguard of Hollywood. It's all about Doris Day as we celebrate her April 3rd birthday.